Blog Talk Radio. Hey everyone, it's Pleasance here, and I am with Emily Cohen today. Emily, are you there? I am. Hey, um, just making sure all the technology is working properly. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I'm Pleasance. I'm the author of Delight Eight Principles for Living with Joy and Ease, which the author incubator. Um, helped me publish in 2016, and I'm the host of this awesome, fun show where I get to talk to authors about their experience on the author journey and author transformation. So I'm here today with Emily, and the name of her book is From Generation to Generation, Healing Intergenerational Trauma Through Storytelling. And... I have to say that I was doing a little bit of research and reading before we talked, Emily, and I'm so Mm -hmm. fascinated by the work that you do, and I think it's so incredibly important, Um, and was literally, I know you're not going to believe me, but I'm telling you, well, actually, you probably will believe me, because you're probably, are extremely intuitive, as I am, and that earlier today, I was speaking with one of my private clients. Of course, my dog's going to start barking the minute we talk. Um, And she's a rabbi, and we were talking about ancestral healing around money blocks. Oh, wow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Because of the Jewish tradition of all these money stories and money blocks. And so when I went on to read about your work, I thought, thank you, divine, (laughs) universal (laughs) spirit and wisdom for connecting me to have this conversation with Emily today. So welcome. (laughs) Thank you. It's great to be here. And you know what? That is, I don't know if the rabbi told you or whether you kind of uncovered it for her, but that is so on point. (laughs) Well, it's funny that, you know, I actually, I had just listened. So I teach a lot of Ayurveda, and I, and I use a lot of Ayurvedic wisdom in, in the mentoring and, like, work that I do. And there's a lot about ancestral healing in Ayurveda and about digestion okay. of our own lives and emotions, right? So as we're mm-hmm. having the conversation, all, these, all, the, all, the, all that are coming up, and I'm Jewish also, so I feel empowered to speak my truth about my tribe, which is we, we got some money stuff that we got to talk about. So anyway, so it was kind of through that lens. And then when I came to this, I said, oh, I can't wait to talk to Emily. <laughs> so tell me and about here we are. how you got started. And here we are, how you got started with this work and, um, and then how it led you to Angela. Okay. So, um, After my mom died, um, a lot of people kept um, telling me that I needed to put her story down. And I'd always Mm -hmm. kind of had this inkling that I would, I mean, I knew it almost by heart because I'd heard it so often. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she had done a couple of interviews uh, that I had on tape. And, you know, I started, so after she died in 2014, I started dabbling. And I really didn't mm-hmm. know that it was going to end up this way. I, I kind of started, mm-hmm. like most most second generation or third generation um, survivors, write about their parent or grandparent. And mm-hmm. so that's what I started to do. And 
I don't know, about two essays in, um, I had a, a neighbor who, a lovely woman who was a uh, an English teacher at a local high school, and she offered to mentor or coach me, uh, you know, gratis. And so we were just working together, and she just looked at one of my stories, and she says, where are you? And I said, well, it's not my story. And she said, yes, it is. Um, I want mm. you to go back and rewrite this, you know, instead of third person, rewrite it from first person. Go back and start putting yourself in it. And so I did. Um, and then I kind of just dropped it for a while because it mm-hmm. got heavy and I didn't quite know what I was going to do about it. And by that point, I'd engaged a, another writing coach for a fee who was in New Jersey who said, you know, when I said, hey, I'm thinking about writing a book about this, and, you know, how long? And she looked at my stuff and she said, well, maybe you'll have enough stuff in five or six years. And I thought, mm-hmm. five or six years? Oh, <laughs> oh hell no. You know, I'm not going to drag this out. If I'm going to do this, I'm doing it. And so um, I actually um, am friends with someone else who who had written a a few books with Angela, and she suggested that I connect, and I did, and I signed up right then and there because I knew she was going to hold me accountable. And that was important. I've I've always been very deadline-driven in Mm -hmm. my prior career. And so I knew that having those deadlines, that was going to help me realize my dream. Mm-hmm. And were you, I'm, I don't quite know, but were you already doing a lot of healing work? Were you already, what was your profession? Did you have another yeah, career? I was not. I was not mm. doing any healing okay. work. In fact, what, what okay. happened was, um, no, I've always been, I've been a freelance writer, um, technology. I was a PR person for big tech companies a long time ago. So I was looking for a change anyway. I just Mm -hmm. wasn't feeling Mm -hmm. fulfilled. I was feeling like, oh my God, I'm going to shoot myself in the head if, you know, some other 20 something comes to me and says, guess what? You know, this product, if this, if you don't have this document done and this product doesn't launch the world will end I'm like no the Mm. world is not gonna end it was just Mm -hmm. it was just getting so out of proportion I think in um what was really important to me uh Mm -hmm. so um actually I I started out thinking you know when I originally signed up with Angela I was just going to write the story and it be cathartic for me and as we you know, did weekly calls, she got me to realize, she, you know, oh, my God, this can help other people because mm-hmm. you're doing mm-hmm. the work yourself, and now you can work with others to do that. Um, mm-hmm. So that's how it, it came up, and, I, yeah, I've been doing it about a year now. Okay. So you sign up with Angela. Did you? Did, it doesn't sound like you had a lot of blocks or issues with the sign-up process or the investment or the time. It sounds like you were pretty intuitive with just a, like a hell yes. Is that true? Yeah. It was a hell yes mm-hmm. right away. Just, mm-hmm. um, well, because my friend, you know, gave me a recommendation. And I just had this feeling, you know, if mm-hmm. I could just sit. I had just moved. 
I didn't know what my job was going to be. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do this in these, you know, in this, these eight weeks, nine weeks, this is going to be what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So it kind of was the okay. right so, timing. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that then. So then how did that translate to your daily schedule? Cause this is a big thing, right? People who are listening, who are thinking, I want to write a book, but I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I don't know where it will fit in. So talk to me a little bit about what that looks like in your daily life. Yeah. So, yes, not having um, you know, a steady income. Uh, I still did some freelance work to keep things going. Um, and typically mm-hmm. what I would do is um, I would get up, in the morning and do whatever writing work I had to do for a client. And then I would go work out, swim, whatever, about midday. And then I'd come back and I found that I was most productive from like two until six. Uh, okay. That's when my, my, my creative side comes out. So mm-hmm. I kind of had a, I had a very defined, Time change. So I would, you know, work in the morning, have one one part of my brain working. I'd go swim, work out, break it up, think about mm-hmm. what I what I want to write that, that afternoon, start thinking creatively, and then I'd sit down and do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what happened during the process? What did you notice? What was your cohort like? Talk to me. Now we're into your actual schedule, you're paying attention to when you can write, what unfolded then and what did that feel like? Um, I was amazed at how many stories I had inside me and how Mm -hmm. many, um, there were a lot of aha moments as I was going through it, um, Mm. realizing triggers that I really hadn't paid attention to before. I mean, there were some Mm -hmm. triggers I, I understood, Others, I was surprised to find. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was. Can you give me an example? Pretty cool. Like something specific? Yeah. Sure. Um, I guess I didn't uh, realize so much um, how my mom. Well, so she forbade me from wearing stripes. Um, okay. And I. <laughs> You know, I didn't really connect it. I don't know why to the mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. uniforms they had to wear, because mm-hmm. she would mm-hmm. she would look at something like say the New York Yankees and turn it off because they were wearing pinstripes. And mm-hmm. I was like, this, mm-hmm. this is insane. What's going on? And I just I didn't really think about it until much later um, mm-hmm. when I was writing this and went, oh God, that's what that was about. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there were, there were definitely other things that I understood. I, I didn't, um, I knew that my, my fear of travel, uh, had something to do with how my mm. mom made me feel like, uh, you know, the world is bad and you can't trust anybody. And I knew that that was where it was, that that was the genesis, but I didn't dig back farther until I was writing this and realized, oh, that's because, you know, people left their homes in Mm -hmm. Germany. They were picked up. They were taken. And they didn't come back, right? They died. They were killed. And so that's 
really <laughs> the genesis of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was really mind um, eye opening for me. And did you have to do a bunch of like work. your own work to get through that? Like, yeah, did you have a therapist or like have to? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, mm-hmm. actually, while I was doing this, I'd kind of gotten really uh, disillusioned with therapy myself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. My, I, I felt like I just kept paying, you know, two hundred dollars every week for an mm-hmm. hour mm-hmm. Of, mm-hmm. of looking backwards and understanding, yeah. you know, what had happened to me. And yes, that was PTSD, but there's no, there was no sense of how to heal that, how to move mm-hmm. forward, how to not keep repeating the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of, being a writer, I stumbled upon mm-hmm. um, uh, some books by James Pennybaker who talks about the healing yeah. qualities of writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was where, you know, that was really where this came from, where I thought, okay, I can use this to heal myself. And I, mm-hmm. I really am a very, very different person than I was. Uh, before I wrote the book, I'm mm-hmm. much calmer. Um, I'm not like, I, I was always really on edge and really anxious and hypervigilant. And all those things are mm-hmm. definite triggers for the second generation. of. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say not just Holocaust survivors, but they're now seeing that a lot of those same traits uh, come up in the survivors or the children of survivors of say Hiroshima, Nagasaki or mm-hmm. um, Syria, or to be honest, mm-hmm. I'm personally, I don't want to get political, but I'm, I'm personally looking at, uh, you know, the, the United States policy right now of, of, you know, uh, ripping children, separating children and their parents at the border that's a trauma. And, you know, how is that going to then affect, you know, the, the, you know, the the parent and the child, but now you're also through science, Mm -hmm. we know that DNA changes. So Mm -hmm. how is that going to affect that child's child in, you know, 25 years? Um, So I know that's kind of a big concept to grasp, but that's, that's really what we're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. This intergenerational trauma is something that comes through your DNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yes, and this is something I'm, in fact, I have a podcast of my own for the work I do, and we were just talking about this earlier today, actually, the cellular, like the one to three core wounds and what do we do with it, what like a fascinating time it is to be alive because there's this intersection of science and well-being with healing and trauma. And it's the first time that we're really having these conversations at the same time. It's so painful because we're having these, we're being re-traumatized right over and over um, in journalism. And and so it's, it's just, if you're into these topics, which pretty much everyone I spend my time with, is it's um, layered and complicated and there is a sense of hopefulness in the work you're doing, right? Like you are 
a leader in the field bringing this to the light and saying like, yes, these are some of the things that are happening and have always happened with human beings. Let's be clear in different ways. And now we can actually apply techniques and tools to look forward. I think that's also kind of what you're saying was the backwards model and kind of reliving things each week isn't necessarily the best fit for everybody. And so now we live in a world where there's a lot of tools, which is really cool. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, and helpful. Exactly. You know? And, you know, I mean, I, I had different therapists. I didn't really start until um, yeah. I was out of college. Mm-hmm. Um, but even the very last one that I saw, it was it still felt like, my God, all this stuff is rattling in my mind all the time mm-hmm. in a circular fashion. And mm-hmm. once you give those thoughts a place to land outside mm-hmm. your body, outside of your mm-hmm. head, on paper, it's, it actually stops the, the chatter in your brain. Mm-hmm. So okay. then you can kind so, of look at it more objectively. Yeah, absolutely. So that, so this writing the book really was the catalyst for this work that you're doing now with healing. So now let's talk about towards the publishing. Let's talk about the structure of the writing and towards the publishing side. So is there anything you noticed as you got closer? When did your book come out? Uh, the ebook? Yeah. Or the paperback? <laughs> well, both. Actually, yeah, my, both. Pa- my paperback is coming out next month. We are oh, great. on great, the great. verge. On the okay. verge. And awesome. um, my, uh, the ebook came out uh, a year ago. Yeah, at the end of mm-hmm. June. Okay. So as you got closer to publishing, can you talk a little bit about that process? So now, you know, as you were finished the actual book, what was that process like for you? I mean, um, it was pretty smooth. I had a fantastic editor um, who I actually have again for my second book. Um, She really provided huge value for me Mm -hmm. Um, in not in so much structuring my stories and my, my healing, you know, the method, but helping me put it together in a way that could help someone else, how they could actually see how to apply it to themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I wasn't real skilled in that. Uh, That Mm -hmm. wasn't not my zone of genius. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was, it, it was, pretty my writing itself was pretty tight so mm-hmm. the work really needed to be done in terms of making it serve the the client making it serve the mm-hmm. ideal reader ideal client in the best possible way mhm and then so it came out and now talk to me a little bit about like what you learned after the ebook came out and what that has done for your professional life and your personal life uh it's it's a life changer that's for sure mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. i never i i never expected to write a book i really didn't i mean i've been a writer all my life and um even when i was a kid people will look at me now and going well i knew you would you you love to write i said yeah i did love mm-hmm. to write but i never mm-hmm. it was never a dream 
And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, here I am now with two. And it's like, I will never not be an author. And it's really, mm-hmm. it feels really good. And I yeah. say there there are people that, that kind of look at, know my story. And I've, I've had a couple people go, well, did you need to like air the dirty laundry kind of a thing? And I was like, mm. you know what? You know, you go sit and try to write a book and do that, and then yeah. you know, <laughs> right. don't don't judge. <laughs> you know, it's like God, people think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes I don't understand how people respond that way, but I am extremely proud of myself for having done it mm-hmm. not just once but twice. Um, mm-hmm. And it it's a conversation starter. I mean, it it has changed pretty much every facet of my life. Uh, both personally and professionally, because I, I, you know, go somewhere and somebody says, "Well, what do you do?" and I tell them, and then oh, you have a book. Mhm, <laughs> mhm, mhm. It's, uh, it's a very interesting okay. transformation. Um, two questions. One is, how do you use the book to do what you're doing now? Like, because you weren't doing this before, can you talk a little bit about? like what you did do and how you made that transition? Yeah. Does that make sense? It was, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was not easy um, Mm -hmm. to build it from scratch. I mean, most Mm -hmm. people who write a book with Angela have an established coaching business. And obviously when you have an established business and you have some income and it's, it's, this just takes you to the next level. Um, for me, it's been, you know, starting, it, it, it was backwards. <laughs> it was starting to mm-hmm. realize that I really, I really just enjoy and um, it's really meaningful to me to spread the message about intergenerational trauma and stopping the mm-hmm. cycle. And um, so that's been, um, it's been a bit of, uh, you know, it's, it's been hard. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie. Um, yeah, it's yeah. hard, but what I'm finding is something that really makes, makes me able to touch more people even than just doing coaching is speaking. And so mm-hmm. I have been focused on speaking and creating different venues, um, different types of speaking opportunities that I'm, I'm, trying to get out there to raise the awareness and then uh-huh. you know people will say oh, I've got that too gosh because it's not just Holocaust survivors it's so right many, right totally. so many different tragedies mm-hmm. and traumas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so and you're receiving the business support and coaching and mentorship through with author incubator and with Angela correct right Right. Continuing. Right. Yeah. So that the there quill. is. Yeah, I've been in the quill. Okay. And sadly, my time is ending um, at the end of this month, and I'm okay. really gonna miss it. But I feel like I'm ready to swim on my own. Mm-hmm. I've got some. And tell me, what's that? What's your real second book about? Yeah, tell us about your second book. So my second book um, is, and it's called The Daughter's Dilemma. Uh, a a survival guide for um, caring for an aging, abusive parent. So mm-hmm. it really ex- 
extends my first book into the last years of my mother's life. Um, mm-hmm. so you can kind of see in the beginning of the first book, I don't know if you read it, the, the chapter is called The Fly Swatter, and that was how she punished me. She would hit me with the fly swatter. Sometimes she would pull my hair. So that was, you know, the very first mm-hmm. um, nuggets of abuse. And then here I am 50 years later um, ha- feeling like I've got to take care of her. She's got dementia mm-hmm. now. There's nobody else. Mm-hmm. I'm an mm-hmm. only child. I have to do this. Yet the resent- there was still some latent resentment. And it was really mm-hmm. because here I was taking better care of her than I felt mm-hmm. she did of me. Took of you, yeah. And yeah. I've actually heard that, I've heard that exact statement echoed back to me when I tell people mm-hmm. about my book and they say, oh, that's me with my mom. And, and they'll echo that statement back to me. It, it really was, um, mm-hmm. you know, again, it, it makes me realize that a lot of people need this, the book, this book and the sanity mm-hmm. that it will bring them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's super important healing work, right? So, um, and because you're living it through your experience and sharing through your experience, it's really powerful. Um, yeah. So when yeah, is that exactly? Book coming out? I when should people when's that book coming out? So it's um, you know as I like to say, there are no coincidences. Um, mm-hmm. It is coming out on July 10th in electronic form. The exact mm-hmm. same day that my first book is going to be in bookstores. Oh, awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. Hey. Karma. So, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, really, really excited. It's like, wow, both of them. It's a double whammy. Awesome. So, but, you know, I wanted to finish one thought, if it's okay with you. Yeah. Because talking sure. about people and it resonating Every time I give a talk about this and I talk about my experience, people come up to me afterwards and say, and I've had people, uh, they, most often they'll be crying and they'll say, oh my God, you could have been talking about me. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, it, it, I mean, it's, sad that people are so much in pain but I understand mm-hmm. because I was there I mm-hmm. was there um, mm-hmm. so it's it, it makes me feel good that I can help them you know they come up to me and I'm like mm-hmm. okay I can help you so yeah right and that's super powerful because that's the work that you want to be doing and you're able to do it so that feels good to be and to be able to say I can help you rather than sorry right I can do you know so I think that that right. for those of us who have that servant's part it's it's a really important part of sharing the work that we do and not keeping it in isolation you know right um right okay so to wrap up tell people where they can find you and how they can work with you sure um so uh you can find me at the triple W trauma healing coach.com. And uh, you can get my book there. Um, You can actually pre-order the paperback there. 
you can get the electronic copy, and pretty soon you'll be able to get the electronic copy of the new book. And there's also a link there to work with me. So if you're interested, um, please apply and see if it's a fit, because I'd love to help uh, if this resonates with you. Awesome. Emily, thank you so much, and thanks for the work that you do in the world. And I'm super grateful that I was able to connect with you and share your message. So thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah. Thank you. You too, Pleasant. Really, I'm honored to be on here. Yay. All right, Emily, take care. Thanks. Bye.